Welcome to this episode of Rewired Podcast. I'm Bailey. And I'm Kelly. And today we have a wonderful guest joining us. So uh, Kelly, I'll let you introduce Matthew. So today we are really excited to have Matthew here from Entertainment Talk UK. And we connected with Matthew on Twitter, um, having some really great back and forth about The Wire and Breaking Bad. And so Matthew, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, first of all, hi, thank you very much for having me on the, the podcast. Uh, it's going to be really cool to talk about Breaking Bad and The Wire today. Uh, two very, very good television sh- television shows, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm from Entertainment Talk. I uh, run the website and obviously make content for it. Uh, David and Robert are my two co-hosts at the moment. And um, yeah, we're in a busy point of uh, doing different content because that's uh, what happens in October. But uh, yeah, should be fun mm-hmm. to discuss everything today. So Great. Great. And so tell us a little bit about when you watched The Wire, when you watched Breaking Bad, and kind of your initial reactions upon finishing both series and uh, first impressions. Cool. So in um, I remember around 2013, which was, I, I believe, the year that Breaking Bad finished, uh, I started like watching stuff on Netflix, of course. And Netflix is where the episodes of Breaking Bad were and still are. Uh, in the UK, and I was watching probably like House of Cards, Orange is New Black in the, in their earlier seasons. I think those were the because those were like the really earlier uh, Netflix series. And this advert just kept coming up for Breaking Bad. And uh, I remember after a couple of weeks, it said like, "Oh, what here's like the big series finale." And I was like, "Oh, it's finished," sort of thing, because I I didn't know anything about Breaking Bad, didn't know what it was or whatever. Um, somehow, even though it it was on for well technically six years, because the last season was split into two. Um, but yeah, I just kept seeing this advert like Netflix likes to do. They like to try and encourage you to watch uh, their their new big things. And obviously Breaking Bad being a, a very big thing, Emmy uh, winner and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I just kept hearing about it. And then after, I think it was a, cu- a couple of weeks after they said, here's the series finale. Obviously click on it and watch, watch it or whatever. Um, I then started to hear other people on the internet talking about it that, that little bit more. And you know, you know, when you get to that point with a certain show where it's like, okay, enough people have recommended it to me. Obviously, Netflix really wants me to watch it. And I thought, okay, I'll just give this a go. And then, obviously, read the uh, what it was about first because I didn't really know. I thought, oh, it's interesting. This guy who gets uh, cancer or whatever, and he has to do all this uh, obviously cartel stuff and and earn money for his family. And I remember watching the pilot, and then uh, the first, I think it's like the first five minutes or so. Walter is in his uh, VR in his RV. Sorry in his uh, caravan mm-hmm. thing and he's driving away he's like obviously in a really big panic and like his I think if I remember his trousers were like hanged on the side of the of the uh, mm-hmm. RV or whatever and I thought what's okay there's clearly some sort of big stakes already like this character is in a rush he's trying to drive away and um, he, like his, his trousers are hanging on the side for some reason I don't know what that reason is and uh, a couple of things obviously the, the whole episode played out and um, he obviously meets up with uh, Jesse Pinkman in the first episode and I'll, I specifically remember the end of the episode when um, he sees uh, he's still got his trousers off, I, th- I think, at that point, because uh, he didn't have a chance to put them on or whatever. And uh, he sees, ov- he hears obviously these sirens and a police cars coming up to him, or police, you know, um, whatever you call it over there. Police cars coming up to him, and he's got this uh, revolver, this like magnum type of thing in his hand, and he's pointing it up, and you can tell he's like ready for, okay, this is it. I've been caught. These police are after me. And whether or not he's, he was planning to shoot them or something, we we, we never quite know. Um, and the police car actually drives straight past him. 
and then he obviously thinks at that point, okay, they're not here for me. He's gotten away with it this time. Obviously, he gets into more trouble later down the line. And I, me- I remember that moment when the car drove past him, and there was even like a minute or two left of that, that pilot episode. And I remember hearing about all the praise and all the Emmy stuff and all that. And I thought, okay, that pilot was brilliant. Probably one of the best pilots I've seen up there with, well, The Wire, Lost, and some other pilots as well. And I remember just thinking, okay, I'm finishing this show. Um, what, one, <laughs> re- one reason that really helped me with that is I knew it had finished as well, obviously, like not cancelled or anything like that. And I'd heard about, you know, Vince Gilligan is this great showrunner and that there was just enough of an, of an incentive of, to where, okay, I was interested. The pilot was excellent. I know it's finished. It's winning Emmys. There's a lot. There's multiple reasons to continue watching this. And I just remember the, the credits rolling on that first episode. And granted, the series isn't really that long. And uh, I thought I, I'm finishing this TV show, and uh, that was that was kind of what got me hooked with Breaking Bad. All, all the sort of news, all of the uh, things that come out about it, like the Emmys, Emmys and stuff like that, and uh, like the synopsis sounded interesting. The pilot was amazing, and that's pretty much what we, got me sort of hooked in on that. And then obviously, I think it was the summer of it was actually 2014, the summer of 2014, when I actually started watching. Um, Breaking Bad and that was all I watched that summer because it was that good and see the thing is that helped with that is all of the episodes were out so I could watch it mm-hmm. entirely at my own pace I could, if I wanted to watch another episode like if I if I had time after an episode I could easily do that there was no week to week waiting there was no month waiting I could watch as, as many episodes as to where you know at my, at, at my own pace which I think really helped as well uh, I don't think I would have liked the show less if I had to wait weeks or months or however long for episodes but um, it was just it was just all there ready for me and I'd I'd been kind of hooked on it so that's uh, that's pretty much the Breaking Bad side of things um, with the Wire it was um, well yeah did the Wire finish in was it two thousand and two thousand seven sorry two thousand seven two thousand seven okay I believe I could be wrong but I believe it's two thousand seven right um, and then it was. A couple of years later, when I again the same thing, you know, when you, you you know you just hear word of mouth about different shows, like oh this is this is one Emmys and this is the pr- a prestige show, and the the thing I kept hearing about the Wire was like okay this is the greatest show of all time. A lot of people had binged it and said after their binge watch that that was the greatest thing they've ever seen. They don't know what to watch next because sometimes that happens, right? You finish a really really great mm-hmm. TV show and you're like okay there's other things out there that I want to watch, but I've just come off this massive amazing TV show. Um, and then it was that thing of you know I'll I'll get to the wire eventually and then eventually I thought okay I'll include it in my uh, classic reviews podcast series that I do I thought okay it's it's enough of a classic it's not like that old but it certainly could be considered a uh, classic TV show and I thought okay I'm gonna I'm gonna include it in that and I started watching season one um, however but before I went to start watching it for that review series and for you know through recommendation I remember about maybe two years maybe a year before that um that i started watching it i watched the first four episodes and then something about the show just wasn't gripping me it wasn't it certainly wasn't bad Mm -hmm. or anything i was just you know when you kind of just fall off a little bit of a show for no particular reason maybe you get busy or things come up or whatever and then even after i'd watched those four episodes even after all the prayers i'd heard about the show i just kept hearing and hearing and hearing about you know, whenever the conversation of what's the greatest show of all time, what's, um, you know, that sort of thing. I read one out at some point and breaking uh, what The Wire was at number, it was in the top five at least. And it was just that thing where I just kept hearing about it over and over again. I thought, okay, I'll give this another chance. I hadn't like dropped off the series and decided to stop watching. It was just the case that, uh, you know, you just drop off and you just, you kind of forget to watch or whatever. 
Um, and then I went back. I rewatched those four episodes because, I, to be honest, I couldn't remember what happened because it had been, yeah, about a year later at that point. And uh, so I w- rewatched the first four episodes. I remembered a lot of parts from them because scenes kind of happen, and then you think, okay, I, me- I remember that bit. And then got to episode five and whatever. And I think I watched season one and two at that point, almost back to back. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of the uh, again a little bit different to to the whole um, Breaking Bad story, but that's kind of. I guess the start of how I uh, started watching The Wire. So, uh, again, just, you know, through word of mouth recommendations, people check things out. And I think that that's, you know, as long as the TV show that's being recommended is good enough, which both of these are, then uh, that's always a good way to, to get into new shows. So, yeah, that's kind of the, the story of that. And um, so awesome. have you finished The Wire or not yet? I've finished uh, season three a couple of months ago. So that that's okay, how far I've gotten. Yeah. Great. We just want to be mindful not to give any major spoilers to you. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, Because you're coming up to season four, which is amazing. An amazing season. Season four often hailed as the best season. Personally, I think Bailey and I would agree that season two is the best season. Um, And I would pick hmm. season four as my number two. But it's, it's uh, it's a good point that you brought up about watching Breaking Bad uh, on Netflix and being able to go at your own pace, which Perhaps for you, at least for me, um, that pace is actually much faster than uh, the, you know, normal kind of week to week viewing experience. Mm -hmm. And we have brought this up in the past, Bailey and I, about how binge watching really propelled Breaking Bad to uh, the forefront of everyone's kind of cultural consciousness. And The Wire existed just slightly before that was really the the normal way to consume a television show um and so something that we'll get into as we sort of go through our discussion here is uh is what impact did that have on public reception um specifically the the distribution channels and how people access the show so let's uh let's put a pin in that for now because i think it's worth coming back to sure Bailey, anything you want to say about that? No, that's that's exactly. I mean, I could delve into that now, but I feel like no, no, we'll delve into it in a minute. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just don't want to forget that we are going to come back to that. So okay. um, So thank you, Matthew, for giving that overview. Um, We thought it might be useful to kind of structure our conversation around some sort of broad categories of what makes a TV show good kind of good in air quotes because that uh is different for everybody but um one of the things that where i think we can start is the the writing and so what that comes down to is how are the characters developed what's the dialogue like what's the plot like and so um we would love to hear your take on the writing of breaking bad and what you see working really well in that show I mean, I think one of the strengths that goes with that is Vince Gilligan, obviously the the showrunner, uh, clearly had a plan of like, okay, this is five seasons, you know, if if he's allowed five seasons, which uh, uh, it was a good thing he was allowed that. Um, And uh, he had the plan, obviously, from from start to finish to sort of go through with that. And I think with him being on the show and everything really kind of helped that. yeah, which that kind of that kind of really does help things when you come up with because some shows these days kind of just 
they don't really have the plan in that in that same sort of way. It's kind of like okay, we'll run three or four, maybe five seasons, or maybe seven or like eight or whatever, and then you you kind of go on a bit more, uh, and then you come up with an ending later. Um, and it's it's something Breaking Bad with its uh, obviously the writing helps to go towards uh, the end goal and stuff because even even if he does come up with hey, this is what I've got planned from seasons uh, one to five or something, you still have to write it well in order for it to be able to to get there successfully um and i think that uh yeah do, doing that really helps and it's uh it's interesting with you know obviously breaking bad being an emmy winner and all that sort of thing and and the wire kind of kind of doing that as well um you don't kind of see that so much with shows that don't really plan an ending um until they get to to their later seasons and then kind of think okay we'll we'll go into our eighth season and then we'll just kind of plan an ending but uh yeah ho- hopefully you get what i mean by that with like again, if you come up with five seasons worth of a, worth of a plan, which was what Vince had, uh, you still have to be able to have the good writing to be able to get there successfully and not like make mistakes and things like that. So that's kind of um, yeah, kind of what I want to say to yeah. do with that. So yes, I completely agree. There's something um, you know, I'm sure you've heard the phrase "jump the shark," right? right. And yeah. a show will jump the shark when it is just continuing to carry on over untold number of seasons because it's commercially viable, but there wasn't planned out to be, um, you know, a well-mapped piece of art. They're just going to continue producing. And then you get all these kind of um, cheap plot devices, like someone dies or someone gets pregnant. You know, this is the Grey's Anatomy model. Um, (laughs) And uh, I think you are, you're right in the way that when the show is, envisioned from start to finish even before it begins there's uh there's something very intentional about every plot arc every character and no none of that kind of grasping at straws in terms of uh, what the plot is going to be interestingly enough though the wire never did win an emmy okay i kind of would have thought it it did it didn't i know it's uh it's shocking yeah. Well, and interestingly, though, it's because HBO was only ever giving David Simon one-off seasons. So I think um, in the book, All the Pieces Matter by Jonathan Abrams, um, they talk about how there was an overall vision there. But uh, it's true in that Simon didn't know if he was ever actually going to get like to get where he wants to go. So that's why the um, the each season is in a way kind of insular um and could almost be a one-off show in the way that the corner was exactly each season kind of does stand on its own merit you could watch season two in total isolation and probably still really appreciate it Mm -hmm. great um anything about uh and bailey i'll let you speak to this just because you finished breaking bad and i didn't um about kind of dialogue or like the level of at the episode itself, how do we see the writing playing out and, and what's strong there in Breaking Bad? Well, I think so, Matthew, as you pointed out, this sort of um, not really sure where it was going sort of four episodes in. Definitely, I think mm-hmm. The Wire was much more of a slow burn. I know lots of people who started season two and got to the same kind of place you did where they got to season or to episode like three or four and was just kind of like, where like where is the story going you know and so actually that's why right now we're doing a series on episode five of each season in the wire because that's that tended to be when things kind of 
kicked into high gear. You could clearly see where the show was or the story was going or there was kind of that, you know, big scene. I feel like episodes five and episodes around 10, 11 in The Wire were where um, sort of major plot points would happen. Whereas in Breaking Bad, I would agree that I think every almost every episode, if not every episode, had some sort of major action or you know, piece of the puzzle or, um, so I, I think, I think it's true that Breaking Bad is a much faster moving show. Sorry. I might not have phrased my question, uh, clearly (laughs) (laughs) I meant the, at the dialogue level, like the way the characters speak, the way that their lines are written. Oh, well, Matthew, do you have any thoughts on that? I actually haven't given it that much thought. Um, <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to think more about it. What do you think, Matthew? Um, I don't have many thoughts in terms of the dialogue, but it's interesting. You, I think one of you brought up the uh, the episodes uh, and stuff like that. And one of the things, because I did, of course, my own uh, the Wire versus Breaking Bad thing, and that was I think I focused that on season one because it was just kind of easy to do that at the time. Um, and one interesting thing about that is. Uh, there's only kind of slight differences in the episode counts between all, all five seasons of Breaking Bad and The Wire. Um, obviously, with uh, I think Breaking Bad season one's only got what seven episodes or something, so that's kind of the one different season. But um, the, the other seasons of The Wire have got at least what ten to thirteen. Breaking Bad's got thirteen for all the others, apart from season five, which has got sixteen. Um, but yeah, in terms of pacing and stuff, it's it's interesting when you look at both shows in that way. Um, but I'm not sure what to say in terms of the, the dialogue and stuff. So, Well, so mm-hmm. one thought that I had was that um, The Wire, I think it gets points for its authenticity and the way that yeah. the characters speak. But at the same time, it's probably something that affects it negatively when it comes to being consumable by a broad audience because it is, it's, it's hard to understand in some cases and it's a it's a language that a lot of people might not be familiar with. Like I remember when I was first watching it, Bailey, I texted you and I said, what does re-up mean? Cause I'd never mm-hmm. heard that. Before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there is a, there is something to be said for being really, really true to the source, but at the same time that can be alienating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think yeah. Th- and I don't think, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Matthew. I think in terms of, it's interesting you bring up the, um, the dialogue in that way because when you think about um the the i guess kind of the structure and the story of different shows breaking bad's kind of like there's a lot lot less cast uh, uh characters sorry or cast mm-hmm. characters, whatever. there's a lot less characters in breaking bad and there's a lot less um like people to keep track of as a result and i think one of the one of the things i kind of struggled with that may, may be surprisingly with in the wire is there is a lot of like detectives and generals and sergeants and stuff like that and I remember kind of when I was going maybe it was when I was going through those those first four episodes I couldn't quite tell like okay do you outrank that person and is that other person trying to out like j- jump above in mm-hmm. terms of rank the other person whereas I, and I get it it's a police show it's going to have like people do outrank each other and there's different orders and stuff like that and uh, there's like different paperwork that gets kind of thrown around because all these different raids and all, all the different crime stuff that's happening um, whereas you look with uh, Breaking Bad, it doesn't have. I mean, you've got Hank, who's the uh, the DEA um, uh, officer, mm-hmm. guy, and he's kind of really the only like authority figure in in Breaking Bad in that way. And and other than that, it's like you you know kind of 
what everybody else is up to whereas in the wire i do kind of feel like at times it was sort of okay this person's going off to to this meeting or this this sergeant is going off to this meeting and they're handing this person paperwork and the other person's annoyed and okay like what what's kind of going on in terms of that so i think it's a little bit harder to follow but uh i mean it's a, it's a thing that you have to like really kind of pay a lot of attention to in the wire which obviously well, you know, is part of the attention mm-hmm. span and stuff so that, that's kind of and not just uh not just on the police side in the wire but also who outranks who on the street yeah. and uh yeah. on that side of it you know who is um who's the decider and and uh who who is in charge um it's it's complicated on both sides of it mm-hmm I suppose with that as well, like, you know, if, if someone tries to screw over Omar for some reason, uh, or for, for example, um, and Omar just shoots that person and kills them or something, whereas if one of the police officers do that to, to someone else, obviously they'll get, like, fired or arrested or whatever, whereas uh, on the streets where, you know, sometimes in, in episodes there'll just be people driving around and, in, and then all of a sudden someone shoots across the street at the other person and obviously in the obviously the streets of the wire and stuff there's not that same police authority because it's just gang member against gang member but then you've got people like omar who i guess have risen their way higher to the top so um yeah that's interesting as well so yeah um okay so let's talk for a minute about the acting because i think the acting in the wire is great everyone's very talented but Mm -hmm. the acting in breaking bad affected me viscerally mm-hmm. what do you like think it was Bailey? too intense like it was too intense to watch it in part well i mean it was intense but it was also like that level of talent on display i'm specifically thinking of um brian cranston and mm-hmm. just the levels of emotion that he was able to put forth um were it, it, i mean it was too intense for me obviously but maybe like there's credit to breaking bad for the talent that it uh, it had in terms of acting yeah and i almost feel like um the acting it, it was like in the wire it was almost like watching reality tv like the actors were so much the characters that for me it's hard to separate like mcnulty uh, is now in that show The Affair and he's in other stuff too, but I like, I can only see McNulty, you know what I mean? Whereas in, in Breaking Bad, like I felt like I was like watching excellent acting and I was being deeply entertained by it. Now, do you think that could be in any way because we know actors like Frank Cranston before Breaking Bad? What do you think, Matthew? Um, I mean, I, I hadn't quite thought of it in terms of like watching like reality type of stuff with with the wire in terms of watching like slightly more real people i suppose in terms of their roles like the the policeman stuff in in compared to you know i guess heisenberg eventually with walter white is more of a real kind of role i suppose but um yeah i'm not i'm not quite sure so um i also think actually now that i now that you say that matthew it is true that some of the actors in the wire were actually just like people from baltimore (laughs) and then so they just Mm -hmm. sort of went about their lives uh and then they got cast in a show and then they just continued to go about their lives in a show well so yeah so lamar lamar um brother muzon's muscle Mm -hmm. is the real life namand oh really yes Hmm. okay so you're and gonna I, meet Naaman. No, no, Naaman is yet, yeah. <laughs> but you will. It's 
going to be great. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like a lot of the people, um, you know, live in Baltimore, like Snoop uh, is Snoop in real life for the most mm-hmm. part. Like she mm-hmm. did a murder rap and was in prison. And, and so these people are very true to what they portray. Um, right. So, I mean, I think there's something to be said for the reality aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but this is something we had mentioned before, Bailey, on our other um, podcast on this topic, was that the the writing doesn't necessarily allow for those extremes of emotion that we see in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's more of just a sort of more moderate plot line. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And not the, um, I guess, not focusing so so in on a single character the way that Breaking Bad does with Walter White um, right. because there's more of a kind of general wide wide lens uh, look through the wire but um, Matthew what do you think about that I mean you mentioned that the wire has a lot more characters and that's something um, that kind of differentiates it from Breaking Bad but is this a, a plus because it allows Breaking Bad to really focus in on the motivations and actions and um, consequences of a single character at a time? I mean, see, it's interesting when you when you do compare those two shows on that way because, uh, as I kind of said um, a little bit earlier, you've got it's so much more easier to keep track of the Breaking Bad characters because there's so uh, fewer of them or so less of them and. Even with characters like RJ and is it Marie, uh, Hank's wife, like they're not in it mm-hmm. quite so much, and it's more Jesse and Walter, and uh, you know, obviously Skylar gets involved later on, and she becomes uh, quite hated in, in the uh, audience's mm-hmm. eyes. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I remember when I was watching certain bits of uh, The Wire, and it was a little bit difficult at certain points to kind of grasp some of that character motivation and stuff just because again there's so many characters and and uh there's there, there is a lot more happening in the wire in terms of that but uh yeah i think i do think that's maybe a plus for breaking bad not saying that you know a lot of shows that have large casts aren't quite success quite so successful with that i mean you look at game of thrones and lost for example two other uh very big shows um that have quite quite a lot of cast um, but I think it's about how you how you write it, how you manage in terms of um, you know screen time. Like, who do you really want to focus on, and who's more of like a background character that you don't need to care about so much. And I remember when I was watching certain some of the you know the, the streets of Baltimore stuff with with Omar and everybody else, and I was kind of going through and thinking like, okay, recognize Omar and some of his other like the D'Angelo and. Um, What's his name? Stringer, uh, Stringer Bell and Idris Elba. Like, okay, these are clearly the bigger guys I need to keep more on iron in terms of, instead of every single little character that's kind of running around that will probably, I don't know, get killed off. So, um, it's, yeah, I, I guess you could say Breaking Bad did a better job in terms of that, but it also did have an easier job because it's, like I said, a lot less characters. So, mm-hmm. Well, and one final note, I guess, on character development, thinking about that too is that in in the wire there is this sort of notion that no one is safe and so you know you here you are like I remember thinking in season one that this whole sort of story and plot line was going to revolve around D'Angelo and then in season two he died (laughs) I was like well where is this story going now yeah Mm -hmm. and same thing in in season three at the end when Stringer dies and then you're like then you're really like well now where is this going so 
Yeah, um, that was yeah. something I, I really had to get used to coming out of, you know, my background in TV was shows like CSI and ER. Um, and I mean, I'm kind of ashamed to say that now because we have made fun of CSI on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> where... Those, you did love it, though, and it was an important show for your life, I feel. It was, yeah. And <laughs> those shows, you they are driven by kind of a star actor or actress or maybe a collection of those folks who they don't die it just that's just not how the show goes and so (laughs) I was shocked at the Mm -hmm. deaths that happened in the wire and and really upset in many ways yeah Bailey remember I think I probably texted you like and didn't know what to do or say yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember with D'Angelo's death when like because he's in the library or something isn't he and I can't remember the yes. guy's name but who, who killed him but he's like going to sort out some books or something like a really just normal basic scene like oh these prisoners are like okay may, maybe someone's exchanging drugs through a, a book somewhere over, on you know in the, in the corner of the room or something and um, it's like okay these prisoners have to you know sort these books out or do whatever they're doing but they're probably like you know exchanging shivs or uh, drugs or whatever so you do have that added kind of thing to such a basic scene and then it's just as simple as you know D'Angelo goes in this room the door gets closed behind him and if I remember the guy that uh, killed him he was just like really really quiet about it and then made it look like obviously the, the suicide thing with the whole um, putting him on the on on the doorknob thing which uh, McNulty investigates later um, and I just remember thinking like oh he's about to turn around and like see this guy and, and he'll be fine and he's, he starts getting strangled and I kind of thought like oh maybe he'll like you know put, push the guy against the wall and then get away or something and then no it was just like his body slowly just goes down to the ground and and that's kind of it mm-hmm. and it, it, was, it yeah. was kind of really subtly shocking in that way because I thought again it was just like okay he's just walking around in this in this library you know it's, it's gonna cut over to like string a bell or omar or uh, somewhere else in, in a second and then it was just like no he's just killed him and that's that's just it so um yeah, yeah. same i kept waiting for d'angelo to elbow buddy in the face mm-hmm. and like get away and that just doesn't happen um no there's no blaze of glory yeah that's part of the wire's intention is to not serve the viewer really in any way Mhm. 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 Um, but I mean, to our benefit. Right. I right. think it's interesting when you look at because uh, you brought up Stringer Bell's um, death, and he gets surrounded by Omar and and the other guy that he he was working with. And I was kind of like, okay, Stringer's Stringer's dead in this scene. Like before before Omar even starts shooting him, I was like, okay, he's cornered. He's gonna he's going to take him out. And uh, it's interesting when you look because those are two major character deaths, D'Angelo and mm-hmm. and Stringer. And uh, yes, yeah, so it's interesting when you look at both of them and how how subtle the D'Angelo thing was. Is like, okay, he's he's strangled, it's done, it's over, and then there's this big kind of set piece with uh, the Stringer Bell one. Um, but you you kind of expected it when because you know you, you don't mess with Omar or whatever. And uh, he goes in there and th- doesn't he shoot somebody else before Stringer like runs upstairs or something? And then it's the um, the fellow who's like the construction building manager. Yeah, yeah, and then Stringer's running upstairs. Right, like, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then he kind of runs upstairs. I was like, okay, you've gone upstairs. Omar's going to follow you and, and kill you. So, yeah, interesting kind of differences there. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and something interesting about that of nobody has any permanence on The Wire is that mm-hmm. I really respect the fact that these actors are on this show 
not with the intention of, oh, I'm going to star in an HBO series for eight seasons and I'm going to be a leading man. Like that is Mm -hmm. not the intention of anyone who works on The Wire. They're going into it for character and and because it's a piece of art. And so somebody like D'Angelo or like um, Frank Sabatka, Chris Bauer, who I love, they go into it knowing I'm going to work on one season. And um, Michael B. Jordan, who plays Wallace, he, I remember, um, I don't remember what article or, or movie, something along those lines, but they talked about how he was really, really upset when he found out that he was going to die near the end of season one. And the, kind of the rest of the cast were like, no, like, this is an amazing scene for you. You're going to show so much emotion and all of that. Um because he was just a kid at the time. And now look at where he is. He's mm-hmm. like in just huge movies like Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, just interesting, like the way that they choose what roles they, they want to pursue. Yeah, that was kind of another one of them scenes where, you know, it, it it's kind of in the middle between the D'Angelo and the Stringer thing. Because you think, okay, he, he might die here, but it's still kind of subtle the way it happens. It's not as big of a... I suppose set pieces that Omar, th- although Omar likes to make a meal out of things in, in that kind of way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was kind of subtly sad in the same way that the 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 uh, D'Angelo one was as well. So, and again, it was kind of like, okay, is this guy going to walk away and not shoot him? And yeah, a little bit more similar to the the D'Angelo one in that way. Yeah. So, what do we think about when it comes to sort of thematic depth, and I guess maybe what we mean by that is. What does it all mean, and what is the importance of the show? Um, what What do we think about for Breaking Bad? Well, I mean, I guess uh, for Breaking Bad, what was interesting, at least here in Canada, is I remember seeing like memes that were like, um, you know, school, high school chemistry teacher is diagnosed with lung cancer, uh, gets free healthcare treatment and then goes on to teach yeah Yeah. the end and so uh so that was interesting I don't know Matthew is that the same in the in the UK would it would the would the breaking bad story have actually realistically happened there is that a uniquely American experience Uh, it's interesting you brought out the heck healthcare stuff because uh yeah it's a lot different over here than in the US it's a little bit easier to get uh I, I guess treatment for certain things because we have um, the free healthcare stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, to me, it was sort of like, okay, you know, he's he's probably gonna die at the end of the series, whether it would be through someone shooting him or or his cancer itself. Uh, and then I I do like with that the ultimate kind of goal of okay, the ultimate actual goal is not for Walter White to survive; it's for the money to get there. And um, yeah, I I think that stuff was was really really interesting as well. So, but I I don't know. I think Breaking Bad, and again, admittedly, I did not finish it, but mm-hmm. I think it's culturally significant for almost um, a resurgence in this kind of smart TV um, in the model of The Sopranos, The Wire. Um, there was a bit of a lull um, for maybe about 10 years where that kind of style of television wasn't really being made, or if it was being made, it was on HBO. So that was a little bit um, less accessible to the masses. And then Breaking Bad came along on AMC, and everybody watched it. And I think 
Breaking Bad gets more credit for changing every show afterwards. Just like the way that um, Mad Men, uh, Matthew, you mentioned Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um, lost to some extent, although I think that was before Breaking Bad. But this, um, the purpose of television being meaningful in some way or having a lot of symbolic merit, I think the, that Breaking Bad ignited that more than The Wire did. Yeah, I think in terms of shows that have really big kind of significance, I always hear about, you know, this is how Breaking Bad changed TV, this is how Sopranos did it, this is how Lost did it, and uh, even as back as as far as, um, you know, 2001 with 24, how 24 changed TV, and um, I mean, they've all kind of done it in their own way, obviously, they're all different shows, but uh, so there, I I think in terms of that, when it, like like every couple of months I'll see oh this is how Breaking Bad changed TV and this is how Sopranos did it and then I don't think there's any specific one that you can point to because like un- universally there's gonna be there's not gonna be one that's kind of chosen as the best because you, you can't exactly do that because they're all they're all someone's favorite or best TV show but not someone else's. Um, so I don't think there's always a show you can point towards in terms of this is like this was the show that changed TV. I, I mean, certainly in terms of these days, how you have like streaming services and when Netflix drops whole seasons, but then you still have you know 24 episode seasons of Grey's Anatomy that go on for for weekly. Um, I think that's kind of more the thing that has changed TV as opposed to one particular show. But I think you can still look at all of those shows and say they changed TV themselves in different ways. So. Um, and again, Breaking Bad and The Wire are both in that conversation as well. So Yeah. So that's a great point um, that you mentioned Grey's Anatomy. So now, is there something a bit quaint about a show that still comes out once a week on network television? Is that kind of becoming a bit, um, like, old-fashioned, would we say? Um I mean, it, it's still happening on a number of like networks and stuff, isn't it? Uh, and you you do still you do have things where some some seasons are still um, you know eight to ten episodes. Some are twenty four, some are thirteen or sixteen or whatever. Um, and most different networks still kind of do that. So I do think it's interesting that has kind of stuck around. But as we've kind of seen in the last couple of months, everybody wants to do their own streaming service, even though one of them's called is it Peacock, the NBC new one, which has got a weird name. Uh, everybody's kind of <laughs> doing that, which which is weird. Uh, obviously, Disney's going to come out with theirs, but the interesting thing about that as well, and of course, we're on on kind of the topic of changing television. You know, Netflix was kind of maybe the first one to say, no, we're going to do a whole season at once, and you can you know spend your weekend with this show, as opposed to when Disney turned around and said, uh, you know, we're going to be doing like Mandalorian or whatever, but this is actually going to be weekly. So. It's weird how that mm-hmm. has kind of stayed and kind of come around, but then I suppose with when you compare something like D- Disney Plus or an Amazon, like a streaming service or something, uh, not Amazon because they do whole seasons at once. When you think of, I mean, HBO still do weekly stuff. They still do, you know, six weeks weeks of Game of Thrones. Um, it's interesting how Netflix was, you know, one of the earliest streaming services or whatever, and they said, "Here's a whole season," and then Disney said, "Okay, we're kind of gonna do a weekly thing, but it's not." Mandalorian Fridays at eight with adverts or whatever, which is what network kind of TV needs. Um, so you've you've kind of got a big mixture of everything in in terms of that, and it's going to be interesting in the next, maybe the next year or so when you know Peacock and Disney Plus and Apple t- Apple TV and all that uh, do actually come around, and uh, which shows are going to kind of stick out with that with uh, these new models and stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. 
Well, I think we saw that a little bit with uh, the Emmys recently with Fleabag winning yeah. all of those awards when I think Fleabag is only available on Amazon Prime. Like it's it's not a network television show, right? Mm-hmm. Over over here yeah. it was on BBC Weekly. It's also oh, okay. on Amazon here, but I don't I don't know if Amazon got the episodes weekly. But over here it's kind of advertised as a BBC show. But I guess it kind of okay. Together all, but everything. I mean, like, there's yeah. other examples, like the shows that um, are really water cooler topics, like Stranger Things, mm-hmm. Thirteen mm-hmm. Reasons Why. These are proprietary to Netflix or some kind of other streaming service. So. Um, like, I, I take your point, Bailey, for sure. Mm-hmm. Is this a good time to talk about the binge-watching piece? Well, yeah, I feel like we sort of just did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we didn't talk about it in, in the piece of The Wire and how... So, I mean, I think David Simon has talked about how... Um, you know, in some ways he's almost, well, I don't know, maybe I'm putting words in his mouth, but he seems a bit resentful of the wire sort of, sort of like, I don't know, post hoc success, like that nobody even really talked about the wire until it was over for 10 years. And then people are all of a sudden like, have you heard of the show, the wire? It's amazing. Um, and so I wonder if that's because people were able to number one, access it on DVD at that time, or maybe now eventually, like you can watch it on Crave now, but, um, you know, the, the actual, the idea of the wire coming out just once a week, every week, especially with the slow moving nature of it and the subtlety and the detail and the intricacy of the plot points. Um, I wonder if it was really, if that's part of the reason why people didn't see it for what it was at the time. But now that you can binge watch it, you sort of can get the whole picture. Yeah. Uh, well, right and away. that's like, I give a lot of credit and respect to The Wire because of that, that it only came out once a week and it was still able to resist the um, temptation to use something like a cliffhanger to bring people back the next week, right? Like mm-hmm. it would be easy to have, you know, an explosion at the end of an episode and you're not sure who dies. And so you're going to come back the following Thursday. But Mm -hmm. if you don't do that, how do you get people back? And so um, the wire for for not going there, I think uh, it's it's gutsy. Definitely. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, Well, the wire actually started, I think when that started, I was probably at school. Yeah, I was probably at school. So I obviously had like no sort of eyes on on uh big kind of tv shows or whatever i was probably just wa- watching different things but um yeah again like we, like we kind of said with with binge watching and i mean in terms of the because like you said with uh the wire and stuff being a bit more of a slow burn like a game of thrones in, in a way they, they tended to do that more in the in the previous seasons as opposed to these last two seasons um but you can then watch it you know entirely your own pace do you want to watch two a day one a day or you know uh one every other day or something and um when i've kind of been going through because like with with the wire and with the break with breaking bad um i've got both fully available to me and i did when i started both shows uh and it was kind of that thing of okay do i want to do i want to leave this cliffhanger here come back later and then watch uh, and then you know go and do something else um so it's good in terms of like accessibility and stuff but it's i mean it depends how you write certain things because um I think when 
when did I do it? I think it was a couple of years ago. I, I randomly, for some reason, decided to do a uh, rewatch of Lost. And uh, that's a show that just lives off of cliffhangers. And I I didn't quite remember it so much, living it, it living off cliffhangers. Um, but hmm. then you, I went through and watched it, and it's like every episode someone says something dramatic, or there's a thing that happens, and then it's... Yeah, uh, I watched Lost. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right, that sort of thing. It really did, like... Mu- 95% probably of those episodes out of what five seasons really do just like okay cliffhanger and then you get the 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 um I think it's like the logo of whatever lost uh comes up quite dramatically at the end I, I remember that being kind of a a point of it and it wants to leave you like that um and I remember when I was watching lost for the first time it was uh weekly at least from like seasons three to five um so yeah, again it just depends how you watch things and what's available to you and and that sort of thing. And I think that is starting to get a little bit messier with TV because you know, there's different streaming services out there and some things like are more on demand as opposed to a box set. It's like, okay, you've got 30 days to watch this episode and maybe two weeks go by and then you, you mean to watch it or something. But yeah, th- things are really changing in terms of that. So <laughs> Yeah, they are. Um, all right. So to sort of round out our discussion here, let's talk about some of the flaws because both shows do have them and I think we need to acknowledge what those are um and I'll say obviously off the top and Bailey I think you agree season five of The Wire is not great it is a bit of a blemish on The Wire's kind of overall um execution Mm -hmm. so I'll give that as one flaw but what do we think in Breaking Bad it's interesting. It's interesting. We got to this point, and you you started mentioning it because I was actually thinking specifically about this today. Because when I, I remember when I finished Breaking Bad, and I thought, okay, is, is this is the best. This is the best show I've seen. I mean, saying something like this is the greatest show of t- uh, t- TV show of all time is quite a big statement. So I tend to usually just say, okay, it's the best. Thing, this is the best thing I've watched because I've still not watched things like uh, Sopranos, for example, which is another show we brought up. Um, and I was kind of thinking a, a little bit earlier today as well, you know, I, I knew I was going to be on the podcast and I was thinking, okay, what is some of the flaws of, of Breaking Bad? And I've struggled, you know, since I've finished, from when I finished watching it to today, when I've thought about the the show every now and then. Um, it doesn't have that many, but I think what one of the one of the ones that does stick out is, do you guys remember the plot with Marie and she was stealing stuff? That was, I guess, that one of the bigger characters, uh, Hank, give his wife like something to do. Because other than that, so, someone like Maria didn't have a whole lot to do in the show. Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost kind of more difficult when, when you've got less characters and you've got them usually doing quite a lot. Because Breaking Bad's quite a busy show. Uh, like Walter White's always got something, something, something to do. Uh, he's always like home uh, to to his wife and that. And obviously Skyler's questioning that throughout the series. And because uh, obviously with with the Marie thing, I'm I'm pointing it out as kind of okay, that was a bit of a waste of time, like with that character and the whole stealing uh, jewelry and whatever kind of plotline. And I don't remember that. Right, specific... like what is the point? Yeah, I don't remember that specifically going anywhere either. Like if I actually think about how that concluded, I can't quite remember. But um, that kind of does stick out as like, okay, why are we doing this when Walter White's probably cooking something, or he's he's doing something at home, or Jesse's doing something, or uh, Hank is trying to investigate something, or Gus is up to something, and we've gone to this weird plot with Marie. So that's kind of the one of the few, very few things about Breaking Bad that did stick out a little bit. So yeah, I think that's um, is symptomatic of a larger flaw. A big, big one is in Breaking Bad an inability 
to write well-rounded, believable female characters. Mm. I suppose, what do you think, Bailey? Of, oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead, Matthew. Okay, yeah. Outside of maybe Skylar, I, I would definitely agree with that in terms of not only did the other female characters not have much to do, but it isn't great when you kind of see them doing certain things. Because um, obviously Skylar's, you know, quite involved with, with Walter White, obviously, the, the, uh, his his wife and everything. Um, most of her plotline is kind of, okay, Walter, why are you late home? And then she gets more and more suspicious, obviously, throughout the series. And I remember th- during seasons probably three to five, I don't think it was any earlier than three, when she starts to find out, let's just say, more things. And you hate the character because she's just so, I guess, misunderstanding of everything. Um, but yeah, like, like you kind of said, outside of, um, or, you know, outside of Skylar with the other female characters, there isn't a lot of great stuff there. So I, I'd kind of agree on that front. Yeah, and I think to me there is a, a piece of the, the sort of significance of the colors in each character being associated with a color in Breaking Bad. Um, like, I remember noticing it and, and not really, I don't know, maybe I didn't really understand where it went, but at times it felt like a bit heavy-handed and I was just kind of like, what am I supposed to grasp from this? Right, there's something kind of that just reinforces a one-dimensionality to that. Mm-hmm. Or like, okay, you're going to show all these clever tricks of color symbolism, but to what end? And I know people who loved that. Like, who people were like, this is so who? smart. This is Who do you know? That <laughs> Jay, remember Jay? Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Kel doesn't think highly of him as a person anyway so uh, <laughs> anyway I mean I just think I think some people were, were quite impressed by that no okay well I don't know I mean but yeah I think you're right and that is part of this um Lack of subtlety, I think, is in Breaking Bad. Like, they clobber you over the head with whatever they're trying to get across. Matthew, do you agree? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was there was one episode with Breaking Bad that I do want to talk about in terms of one that was criticized for its flaws, if you want, if we want to stick on, on flaws here for a bit. Yeah. Um, do you remember the Fly episode of Breaking Bad? The fly really? episode. I, I don't uh, think I don't think that was the actual episode's name, but it was you know that was the the main thrust of the episode. Uh, basically, Walter and Jesse are in this particular place cooking cooking their meth, and this fly gets in the area, and, and Walter basically says, "Okay, we can't cook any you know we can't keep cooking anything uh, until we've gotten rid of this fly." And I remember <laughs> watching the episode, and it wasn't really meant to be a. I mean, it, it kind of diverted itself a little bit in terms of Breaking Bad episodes because usually with Breaking Bad episodes it would be okay let's really push the plot forward even more. Um, that episode was interesting in terms of its flaws and how it was received because uh, it wasn't an episode that really pushed anything forward. I mean it's a bottle episode where Walter Walter and Jesse are trying to get rid of this fly. But one thing I really noticed with the episode before I even read about any of the flaws with it again because I was kind of semi binge watching the show or whatever so I wasn't really looking up stuff between episodes as much in terms of in terms of the show's reception i remember the episode being really strong in terms of like that setting up the future of walter and jesse's relationship so in terms of character development it was really really good 
Uh, and yes, it was a bit of a slow episode, and one of maybe Breaking Bad's weaker ones. And then I remember, um, once I'd finished, I can't remember which season the episode is in, but I, m- I remember the episode. And um, I remember a couple of seasons into Breaking Bad, I was thinking, okay, I've got to find some like podcast or something for this to see if, like, does everybody else think this is as good as what I do? Obviously, at the time, it still had the the Emmys and everything like that because the show was still finished and I remember coming across certain coverage where that episode was really getting slammed because a lot of people said it was slow and some people like went Mm. to work the next day or whatever and said oh did you see that stupid fly episode of Breaking Bad and that was kind of a point where I was like wow I'm really surprised everyone's kind of really down on this episode and um I don't know maybe some people missed the, the kind of point of it which really was to me like Walter and Jesse discussing not only the future of stuff but like what's happening with them now and and everything like that so i i Mm. found it i guess i found it interesting for different reasons that people didn't really pick up upon so um yeah i remember i remember that episode being quite uh criticized in that way and i didn't quite um get the criticism in in the same way because i maybe Mm -hmm. saw the episode just in a different light so yeah, it's funny that you say that because I do remember that episode now that you um, mention it. And I think it's it's interesting because an episode like that in The Wire would be a fairly common episode where, you know, there's no major, you know, situation. Yeah, it's just sort of about developing characters. And, and it's interesting that the Breaking Bad audience was impatient with that. It's also got that quite funny scene with, um, I think at one point Walter's climbing on the stairs or something like that and he's got this like broom of some kind and the fly is like sitting really still on this particular part of the stairs or whatever and he goes to like whack it and he falls off and like bangs his head or whatever so um i remember that being (laughs) an interesting part of the episode (laughs) and they kind of had bits like that throughout the episode of like okay they're about to hit it and the the fly's like settled on this particular thing and they're about to hit it and then they don't and then it's like okay when are they going to get this fly sort of thing so um again something quite something quite small which slowed down you know, their empire for the day because they couldn't uh, cook anything, so. Hmm. I'm surprised, actually. So I don't know what episode you're talking about, but I'm surprised that folks would have responded negatively to that because it seems like the kind of um, scene or plot which has great symbolic meaning that Breaking Bad fans would go for. Yeah, I think it was just maybe, you know, because Breaking Bad does have, I would say, maybe more, a lot more action stuff than, like, the White Knock to... Or maybe it just wasn't, like, Yeah, it wasn't a specifically (laughs) sort of big action-y type of episode. It was very much, like, a more bottle episode, a more sort of quiet episode, which Breaking Bad wasn't quite as as known for, uh, because usually they were, you know, handing off drugs to each other and someone might die or something, so... (laughs) Well, great. Thank you very much. Um, is there anything else, Carol? I don't think so. I think we've had a great overview of both shows. Um, I don't know if we're any closer to answering which is better. Although, no, I retract that. Bailey and I both think The Wire is better. But, uh, Matthew, I'm glad that you <laughs> brought us all of your knowledge about Breaking Bad. Yeah. And please let us know when you finish season four because we'd love to hear what you think. Yes, okay. we would love but, to hear what you think and and uh, have you back sometime. Yeah. It, so, what's um obviously I've not seen season five of The Wire, and you kind of brought it up earlier. What was kind of the problems with it? If you could, well, I guess, say spoiler free or something. I mean, uh, there it, I, it's <laughs> well, I have uh, an answer. So, in the same way, <laughs> in the same way that. Um, 
the Breaking Bad fans were annoyed with um, the like the the subtlety and slow movingness of the Fly episode. I think the Wire fans were frustrated with um, the, the the extremes that season five takes you to, and sort of okay. it's it becomes in a show that was so grounded in reality, it becomes almost like um real like almost slapstick yeah 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 slapstick huh. is a great way to put it and I think it loses some of its authenticity that it held on to for so long and I mean you'll see what we mean when you get there but there was just something off-putting about the direction that the show took huh. okay. yeah right. yeah so and uh, yeah, it's uh, well, because you'll also see, too, that season four is so well done and you're so moved and you're so attached to these characters. And then in season five, they just kind of take it in a complete opposite direction. And um, it's yeah, it's outlandish even. Yeah, outlandish. Great word. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so we look forward to talking with you once you finish season four and season five. Yeah, I look forward um, to it. And Bailey, anything else to say? Uh, just maybe super quick, what shows are you watching now, Matthew? Uh, well, I just finished a show, I'm, I'm going to mention a few different shows here. Uh, I just finished mm-hmm. a show called Unbelievable on Netflix, which I was just completely um blown away by i think uh, and it like kind of moved me in a lot of different ways i saw it come up in my suggestions yeah it's mm-hmm. uh, i i do think it's probably the best show of the year i mean we haven't finished the year yet and there's still things that have got got to come out obviously um but i i just, I, I couldn't believe the quality of television i was watching at certain points and specifically with um the, the acting in the show merritt weaver just yeah you you know when you know when an actor or a show is just so good that you can't quite think of the words that the show deserves for mm-hmm. it to be that good that that was honestly where i ended up with that show so um i was completely okay. blown away by it and with it being because it, it's a mini uh limited series uh, and it's a netflix yeah. original right yeah because it's also based which off speaks a, to our uh, point about them having great, just critically great television mm-hmm um, yeah, it was an eight-episode miniseries that was based off a true story, and I kind of I was watching two episodes a day, and it felt like I was watching two episodes in a, of an event each day. It was kind of like, okay, I can't wait for the next like two chapters to see where they get with this next thing. Um, mm. uh, in terms, of, uh, I'm watching a couple of comedies at the moment. Uh, Friends, I've only got about fourteen episodes left because the, the last season's only like seventeen episodes, uh, and I'm watching that alongside um, Community. Wow, well, you've not is... watched Friends yet. No, well, almost finished it. So uh, I've got like yeah, fourteen episodes roughly to watch, uh, and it's I'm gonna finish it soon, and it's gonna be <laughs> uh, gonna be annoying when I finish it because I I've really really enjoyed it so far. So um, uh, just two two dramas I wanted to mention that I was watching, which is Lost in Space, uh, obviously season one, and uh, Good Omens. I watched the third episode of last night, and again, and if you want to talk about acting, David Tennant's just uh, again I don't have the words. So uh, wow, is that yeah. Great. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much for all of your input today. It's been great chatting with you. Cool. Thank you very much and for having me on the on the podcast. If anyone out there would like to uh, talk to Matthew, he is at eTalkUK, and uh, we'll put that in our show notes. And uh, we'd love to hear from all of you about your thoughts on Breaking Bad versus The Wire. We know this is not a debate that's going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. 
And we'll see you next time. Way, Way down, down in the hole. Way down in the hole. Bye.